This episode of the Ministry of Misfits podcast and this awesome shirt are brought to you by a Courageous Clothing Company. Courageous Clothing Company is a Christian family-owned business that specializes in custom designs that they create as well as bulk screen printing of your custom designs as well. When you buy from Courageous Clothing Company, you're not just buying an awesome shirt. You also are helping spread the gospel across the world through the missions that they support, such as this here with Ministry Misfits, as well as with their own designs that have Christian-themed messages sharing the gospel in an awesome and relevant way, or as we say within CSRM and Ministry Misfits, strategically relevant evangelism. Check out their entire line at CourageousClothingCompany.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mr. Misfits. We are finally in our studio. That's and right, we got a whole new setup here, Andrew. It looks great. Yeah, and we're about, we're, we're thinking we may be done. We may not be. We're not sure what we want to do with this back wall here, but for now we're done. So, we're here. We're hopefully actually being heard this time and it doesn't sound like we're yelling at you or whispering at you and hopefully everything's set now that we're actually together in studio. No more gyms vibrating around with KT blasting bass right underneath our table or, you know, people just walking around accidentally unplugging our cords, things like that. We're here. <laughs> we're, we're in a permanent setup, at least for now. And so, yeah, we're hopefully here for, for a while. So what do you what do you think? Good, looks bad? good, yeah. I like the, the light blue color that you picked out for behind us here in the background. I didn't know it was light blue. You guys had to tell me it was light blue. That's okay, it you looks know? it looks yeah. good from what we can see. So you can help help our Ministry Misfits t-shirt stand out a little bit more, That's so right. it looks good. Yeah. So part of what we're gonna do today is one, we wanted to show off the studio. Also, we wanted to remind you guys that next, well, actually it'll be three days from when this is released, we'll be at Absurd Conference. We'll be there doing live stuff and hopefully none of you guys are gonna walk around and unplug us like you have at other places. But we're gonna be there. We're gonna, you know, be set up. We got stickers. We we you know, we're 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 there. That's right. So that, that alone what else is do you need enough. besides right. a sticker? We're there. Even though we do have those. Yeah, we do have those. And then also if you guys wanna stop by and jump on the mic, talk about why you came to Absurd, what you're hoping to learn, what you have learned if it's later in the day. All that good stuff. We're going to be at the Absurd Conference. Come find us. We're going to have a table with the other vendors there. Congratulations again to Rob Elder. You yep. won the Congrats, contest. Rob. We'll see you there next week. Yes. Hopefully you are feeling better and ready to go. Um, but overall, we, we have been pretty busy. I've been at the Reach Gathering. Now we're getting ready to go to Absurd. We've done more than a game. You went on vacation and yeah, left us here. In, yeah, down in Gatlinburg, making you do all the work here in the studio. That's right. I had to do all this by myself, which is why, you know, the table's a little wobbly at the moment. And but, you know, our, we're uh, so good. Our fantasy football league going on right, right now, which there's only two undefeated teams left. And I, I don't know, but it somehow worked out to be both of you us, know. and we play each other this week. So, yeah, I'm we'll, going to we'll be the only undefeated down. team left by the time ooh, you're listening ooh. to this. So, well, you could have taken Brady from me, but you decided you wanted to keep Chubb. That's right. That's your own problem. Speaking of fantasy football, also, if you guys listen tomorrow to the Tuesday talk, if this is, if you're listening to this on the day of release, tomorrow, the Tuesday talk that comes out was the one that we recorded for September 2021. I was one of the guest panelists for that, where we actually did discuss fantasy football and how that works within the church how you can do it in the church, how you can do it as a ministry, how you can do it as a parent ministry, how you can do it as a family, you know, a lot of different varieties, how it's biblically based, how it's biblically defensible, how to use it in all those different areas. And that actually is kind of where we're leading into today. Yep. But before we do that, we need to kind of explain what it is that we're going to be doing today. And also that this is something we're going to do throughout the next, I don't know, how, how long is this thing? Six months? A whole year. Oh, okay. So over the next 12 yeah, months. We could have a whole we, year yeah, of content. Yeah. This is good. We, we aren't going to have to come up with anything while we build <laughs> our studios anymore. So you are taking a, a kind of an audited course 
uh, from Fuller Fuller Seminary. Yep. So and there's uh, a couple of things kind of all encamped with this. So essentially, we're doing homework here on on screen. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. So but, Brandon is struggling with his schoolwork and has turned <laughs> to the only theologian he knows that can sit with him and do this. That's right. Um, to to try to help him walk walk him through his audited seminary class. Yeah. And so, so the, we decide we're going to record it and air it out for profit. Why not? So, no, I got the opportunity to go through, like you said, a year-long course, which I'm calling it like a mini-seminary, but honestly, it's somewhat a leadership development course through the biblical lens and um, equipping people that want to be in ministry or are already currently doing ministry and equipping a handful of us. There's about six of us in total that are going through the course together, um, partially through First Christian and Fuller, uh, that they've created some material for us. And honestly... It's more self-reflective, so how do you take stuff away of being a better leader so we can be better equipped with everything today? Right, so Fuller Seminary, well-known. Ozark you know, is the other one. Fully accredited. Ozark, Ozark Bible College is yep. another one that everybody everybody's pretty familiar with all these. First Christian Church here in Canton. Um, you guys heard a little bit about them in the interview that we had with Dan Stauffer. Um, we're actually going to be going over to First Christian with Dan for the regional roundtable for CSRM here in about 45 minutes or so. Um, you know, so it, it's everything is just connecting so well today. You would think we actually <laughs> did plan this actually out, and we didn't. I'm sure all of you are shocked that we forgot to plan stuff while we were building our studio. But we wanted to take some time and help Brandon walk through his homework a little bit. Um, and also, this brings up a couple of things with the topic you're on right now that is one that I've done a couple of times over within the CSRM podcast. Um, we've done a couple mini-series over there on, on it. But also, it's a problem that since COVID and since also the kind of down downsizing, downsizing is the right word. Yeah, yeah. Downsizing of COVID, um, that we, we've seen a new kind of problem arise within this, within the church, that we're going to take some time and address from a theological perspective as well as your homework perspective. Exactly, so, yeah. So this first portion that we're going to be talking about a little bit that I'm going through is spiritual health in a digital world. Uh, so we're, almost all of us now have a phone on us. We're basically a computer in our, in our back pocket. If you're listening to this or watching this, you fit into that category pretty easily because <laughs> your only option is you're listening on a phone or a computer. So Ex exactly. So you know it, what we're talking about. Essentially, we always too have have our Bibles at access or the Word available to our fingertips, um, but usually at the end of the day, that's not what we go to when we first wake up or when we're sitting there with 15 minutes to kill. That's usually not where we go. So what we're kind of talking about a little bit is how technology can be a resource and a good resource. But honestly, a lot of times it can be a distraction and how God created us um, in such a unique way that our brains can be wired and rewired in certain aspects. A lot of the times from a digital perspective, our brains become so connected to technology or always wanting something that gives us those endorphins that we're, we're looking for or dopamine that we're constantly connected to our phones and it almost becomes like an idol in a way instead of right. that resource that we need. Right. So really what we're we're going to start talking about here at least from what you told me about your class so far <laughs> is we're we're talking about two different areas within this. One is is digital and technology stuff biblically defensible, which is a thing we like to do a lot within, you know, the OV radio world. Mhm. Mm and then the other side of it is what are the dangers behind whether it's biblically defensible or not. There's some dangers involved either way. Yes. So that that's kind of where what we're going to talk about. So walk us through a little bit here. What what's the first step that we're we're looking at? I think part of the first thing is taking a self reflection that we looked at is how much technology are you using a day? And again, we talked about just a second ago of technology it doesn't always mean a bad thing that that we're going to be talking about today so just kind of sitting down and keeping a log of how much are you using your cell phone how much are you using your computer how much are you using your xbox or something like that and then breaking that down even further to is it essential time so a lot of us for work you need a computer so you're still on technology but that's essential work more or less and then how much are you on your computer for just personal time if you're 
Yeah, going on YouTube to watch this <laughs> To podcast, watch us, which you yeah. should, because we're essential. That's right, we're essential workers. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, that actually does start us off right, right there as far as when we walk through the is it biblically defensible type of stuff. Because, you know, the first step within is it biblically defensible as far as what Dr. Linville lays out in Christmanship when we apply it to sports, we can apply it to just about everything else as well. And that first thing is, is there a redemptive purpose to it? And this really is what we're talking about here as far as when we start looking at the amount of time we're being spent. Is it that this is just you're there doing it and you're there doing it and you're there doing it and there's no purpose to it? Is this something where, you know, in my case, most the majority of my work is either done on my phone or on my computer. Mm -hmm. And as weird as it is, the majority of my work is done on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and then all the different podcasting platforms that we're on. So some of the things that we, you know, a lot of times gets thrown into, these are time wasters for me is where I have to spend my time. Exactly. Yeah. So that's one of those it, essential sections. Right. So rather than using the word essential, I think we should be using the word, is it redemptive or mm, not? Yes. Can we redeem this for, for kingdom building? You know, is, is there a purpose to this that's going to be beneficial to us? Or is this something where... It really has no benefit. And just because you're, it's a time waster doesn't always necessarily mean it's not beneficial either. Exactly, yeah. And that's what they kind of talked about here in 1 Corinthians 6.12. Like, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are expedient. Um, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of anything. Kind of talked about Paul there specifically of me. Right, and that, that word expedient, a lot of times we also translate in English to be beneficial. Yeah. You know, all things are lawful, but not all things are, are beneficial. We have freedom within Christ to do what we want. I can eat McDonald's every day. But right. That doesn't mean it's going to be beneficial to my health. It doesn't mean we, we yeah, it, it's not going to help you. You know, you're able to go out and smoke six packs a day and it's not going to affect your salvation. That's not going to be beneficial to you. <laughs> yes. And, you know, that, that that's not how it works. So instead of looking at it from a, is this a sin? We need to be looking at this of how is this benefiting me? How's it benefiting my family? How's it benefiting me physically? How's it benefiting me spiritually? How's it benefiting me mentally? That's one of the things we talked about with Antoine Malone of Pastors Game 2. You know, a lot of times the stigma about video games is that they're a time waster, they're childish, they're all these different things. But for a lot of people, that's actually the way they unwind and de-stress. Mm -hmm. At that point, it no longer is just some childish game, but it's a beneficial thing to the person's health. Yes. So while we walk through all of that, when we use these terms, that's where we need to start looking at it. What is the actual purpose behind you doing this? Is there something that is redemptive behind it? Yeah, and I think part of it, too, as we talked about, we, all these things are available out there to me, but it doesn't mean I need to always partake in them. Right. I think that also helps break down a little bit of being the salt and the light of the earth. Right. Um, where if we're not constantly... You said playing eight hours of video games or something exorbitant where that can kind of, not that specific example, but there's other things where I've heard some people like, well, I'm not going to drink or right. that's available to me. I just choose not to. And that can be somewhat a conversation starter or a way to, I do this because I don't want to be under the influence of anything um, except for Christ. Right. And, and even with that, we've got to watch because, you know, the, the, the thing that separates out fundamentalism and progressive Christianity, so the two extremes, the thing that separates them out is just where the pride is located. Mm -hmm. so, you know, yeah. you don't want to go out and say, I don't drink, so therefore I'm a better Christian than you. Or you go the other route and you say, well, I have freedom in Christ, so that means I'm a better Christian than you. Both of those we have an issue because it's the same thing we talked about there with everything else is, where is it at, where is it benefiting you that's benefiting you socially that's benefiting you pridefully that's not benefiting you in the way that god's asking you to to do these different things that's not something that's essential it's not beneficial probably should leave that alone yeah so after we start reflecting back on all of those what's the the next next section here that we're looking at cuz this is something again that that kind of goes everywhere yeah but there's a specific area of reflection that it really wants us to start talking about and looking at. 
Well, I want to take even a step back too, and I guess share a little bit personally about what I learned, and I'll maybe put you on the spot to see if you've got oh, something yourself. That's fun. Um, I feel like for me, my phone always still seems to be my biggest distraction. When I wake up in the morning, that's the first thing I, I my alarm clock's on there. So that's what I start with. That's what I go to. And honestly, when I'm reading the Bible, I started using the uh, Bible app, and then I do the double version where he reads to me and I read it at the same time. Ooh. So a lot of the times I'm honestly on my Bible, sometimes on my phone. Who, I try to do the physical version, but... Who do you have reading it to you? Who's the voice? Whoever the generic guy is that... Uh, oh, you didn't get the Morgan Freeman or James Earl Jones one? No. Okay. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> I was just curious. So honestly, I feel like my phone is the biggest distraction where... Again, I could just be sitting there, and that's where I go. Um, or even sports, which I don't like to admit, but I got to sit down and watch a sports game for three or four hours, and it's like, there goes my whole afternoon with that, where probably wouldn't sit and play video games for that long or sit on my phone for that long, but yeah, watching a, a sports game on TV, I have no problem in doing that. So I think from the reflection, just having that awareness of where is my time being spent, um, and like you said, is it effective, good time for personal buildup? Um, or if it's a time for decompressing? Uh, or is it really taking away from our relationship with Christ? Because it could create idols in our lives that get mm -hmm. in the way of being closer. Right. And that's what, you know, the hard thing for me with all of this, because like we said, all of my work and everything is either in the apps or on the computer, and with a new baby, there is no free time. Yeah. <laughs> so everything is stuck on the phone or on the computer thing. And so I think the bigger thing for me is just recognizing timing of everything, more than even where it's located at. It's just finding the time as far as even being conscious of finding it. More so than wasting it, it's the conscious of do I have time somewhere that I don't realize I do? Yes. Um, you know, that, that seems to be the bigger thing for me. And that's what, you know, Micah would definitely agree with that. And, you know, as far as it, it's sometimes it's a little bit harder to tell when we actually do have free time somewhere, because when we start trying to put a schedule together, I mean, even this whole, you know, every, Everybody already knows how well we plan things out. So <laughs> this is no surprise, and we're not ruining the, the magic for anybody when we say, we decided to do this, what, 12 hours ago as far as this topic? Yeah, yesterday we figured it yeah, out. Yeah, we figured this out 12 hours ago because, like we said, we've been running around doing all this stuff. I've been trying to get this thing set up, which is why the cuts on the, I don't know, we'll see how good my, uh, when I get into editing, if I can actually cut out the sides. But our little soundproofing measures that we put in here, I was working on it 45 minutes ago before Brandon got here, and so the cuts are not straight at all. You know, we these sort of things, when we, when we start trying to look at what we've got going on and look at the schedule, it's very easy to not be able to see opportunities to be able to de-stress spiritually, not just de-stress mentally or physically. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, too, we try to set healthy habits or rhythms in life of, all right, I'm going to start my morning by reading the Bible, or we're going to finish the day by in prayer time, which are good habits to be in. But honestly, as you mentioned, with always being on call or always having notifications or distractions there, a lot of times it's just having that availability of, right. all right, God, here I am, of trying to live it throughout the day. Because uh, otherwise it can be very legalistic of, all right, I got to try to find 15 minutes a day to read the Bible where God doesn't care if it's 15 minutes or 15 hours. He just... Once well, that personal is, relationship. And this is where those of us within ministry, this becomes an even harder task because you already are going to be planning out lessons, planning out sermons, planning out what devotions, whatever, depending on what level you're in. And so you're already spending hours and hours and hours studying and studying and studying. But why are you studying? Are you studying to better yourself? Are you studying to better your congregation? Or are you studying because that's your job? Mm -hmm. And really that kind of gets into a lot of these things that you know we start talking about within this, this lesson plan that you guys are walking through on digital ministry. Or not digital ministry, digital media. Yeah. Digital ministry is where we're going. Digital <laughs> media is what we're talking about. You know, when we start talking about this stuff is, again, where what is the purpose behind doing it? 
that really should be where we start looking as far as the motivation. And really, it goes back again to what we talked about with the Ten Commandments. You know, all the Ten Commandments are wrapped up in number one. If you keep number one, you're going to keep the rest of the ten, but obviously we can't even keep number one. No. <laughs> you know, the, the first commandment of no other gods before me, if you have no other gods before you, then you are not going to make graven images. You're going to honor your parents. You're going to honor the Sabbath. You're going to do all this stuff because you have no other gods. So what is the motivation behind doing all of this stuff? Is it because you're trying to better yourself or is it because you are striving to find, you, know, you are striving to keep commandment number one of, I have no other gods before you, and so I'm going to do what you, I'm going to do things that will benefit me being able to glorify you as God, rather than just benefit me here on earth to be able to, what I think sometimes will allow me to benefit you. Yeah, and another part that I like to mention about with the Ten Commandments is keeping the Sabbath day holy and God wanting us to have that spiritual practice of taking time to rest. Mm -hmm. And it's not just resting of watching Netflix, but actually resting and abiding in Him. And as we kind of talk about in this class a little bit, how with technology, it really calls our brains to have a need for constant stimulation and making it harder to have focused time in prayer or even just quiet time in Christ. So I know that's something that I personally struggle with is just this constant need of when I'm on social media, oh, I got to check to see what's updated, even though it's been only 10 minutes, like what did I miss already? And it's very hard to just sit in a room or, or be outside and just unplug and again, just sit there and be like, all right, God, I'm available. It's an odd practice that unfortunately a lot of us, especially in America don't do. We feel like doing nothing or sitting in silence is <laughs> a waste of time where it's really, as we see, Jesus here on earth, that's what he did for almost like half his time is he would go in, in silence or go away and, and pray to the Father. And that's really where he um, found his direction and strength from. And and this is one of those things where before we, we move on to where you're actually going within the lesson, um, you know, this is one of the things we've talked about within our huddle a lot mm -hmm. is this idea of how do we actually do that? Yes. You know, with the, the call of a, you know, a believer, the call within scriptures to do it, but it doesn't give any specifics on how to do it, <laughs> which, you know, is one of those annoying things that all of us understand about Christianity is that a lot of times God says, you're, you need to do this and you're capable of doing this. And then just kind of leaves it at that. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, we're able to determine how that actually works, you know, through, through like things like our three tier paradigm Things like, you know, looking at the examples of other believers, looking at examples of other people in Scripture, looking at the examples of Jesus. But, you know, for for some, you know, the, the Quakers are known especially for actually doing things in silence. Mm -hmm. That is their thing. That's one of their spiritual, you know, the spiritual disciplines they practice. Same things with fasting, things like that. I'm one that that doesn't help me at all. You know, silence does not go well. Silence <laughs> is where it's like, I know there's something that I forgot. What is it I just forgot? You know, for me, when I'm able, when there's noise going on around me is when I'm able to focus in. Mm. And so part of the reason we're talking about this is that just like what we talked about going back up to 1 Corinthians 6, of the whole idea of all things are beneficial or all things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. Sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean that all the things that are lawful are bad things. Sometimes those things that are lawful are good things that, you know, we even see in Scripture as being a spiritual discipline. But if it's not going to benefit you, you probably need to look at finding a different discipline to be practicing at the moment. If it's going to cause you to have more anxiety, more stress, rather than allow you to be able to focus in on who God is then, you know, we, you probably need to at least, if you, you know, maybe try it a couple more times, because sometimes it does take a little bit of, of practice to get used to it. But at the same time, if it's causing more problems, then you need to just set that one aside and look at some of the others. That's one of those things, you know, fasting is the big one that everybody assumes you have to do, because it talks about in scripture, are there even certain demons that only can get cast out from prayer and fasting? Fasting just to fast is a medical thing, not a spiritual thing. Mm -hmm. Fasting with, again, purpose 
and intention is a spiritual discipline. And when you do that, it doesn't matter how long you've gone without food because this is literally where you are partaking of the body of Christ, the bread, you know, the bread of life, all of that. And it's done with a purpose. And when you have that purpose, you're able to focus it in. Yeah. Just how it talks about too of when you're fasting, basically do it in private and right. not These are not public bo- yeah, disciplines. Like the Pharisees, yes. Right. Yeah. These are private disciplines. So that kind of is where we were going though within some of the stuff you guys are talking about within the digital world. Because like the next thing is talking about what do you do when you have that diminished spiritual aspect. Mm-hmm. So what what were some of the advice that that we were getting from here? Honestly, it was just kind of taking time to, I guess, have that silence or find ways to use technology less in a certain way. Again, of we always have our phones in our pockets usually, and like right there, yeah. Uh, it's so, also our timer, so you know. <laughs> so just finding ways to unplug and replug into the word. I don't know specifically where, with where this stat comes from, but it mentioned that reading on screens trains your brain to take in only 25% of the words mm-hmm. in front of you, um, which is funny because as I'm reading that on screen. but <laughs> And they're presenting it to you in an online course. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think just even being in the practice again of picking up the physical Bible and, and reading the word through there instead of always going for the digital version. Well, and there's is, something different about that with Scripture than any other book. You know, this this is one thing, you know, I am a digital ministry guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that that's one of the things that I, you know, considered one of the experts in that field. But when I preach, I prefer to actually have a physical Bible in front of me because there's something different about, especially when you're talking from a, a preaching standpoint. Yes. There's something different about preaching out of a physical Bible compared to reading it off the screen with everybody else. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like that with other books. Yeah, even even Kindles are different because everybody loves the Kindle because it feels like a real book as far as the way that the pages look and, you know, the lighting on all of it and the way the words are contrasted and everything like that. But a a Bible version of the Kindle does not have the same effect as an actual physical Bible. We I don't really know why that is because the words are the same and the message is the same. And none of that changes, but the idea of actually holding it in your hands probably has to do with the idea of incarnation, the incarnation and the incarnational, you know, message of God. Maybe that is it. Maybe we yeah, just it, solved it, it this seems, thing yeah, that's been unsolvable. Like Maybe we see, just solved it. You're seeing that? where the context is coming from specifically versus someone with an iPad. You're like, oh, yeah, they're reading it off the screen versus sure. It's still coming from spirit, breathe God's word. But when you're seeing the Bible there, you're like, wow, that's really the whole source right. where it's coming from. And I also think it also leads to less um, forms of blasphemy, I guess, as you would like to say, where you know that they might not be picking apart different things, that this is the word. Right. They shouldn't be picking and choosing things that they want to say or kind of spinning it to something else. Right, not that which... they can't do that in their own version right. <laughs> but again if they're reading from the physical bible there should be less it's a, yeah it, uh, and, and you know dr linville you know one other story with this dr linville shared when we were when we were in school about um how you know because one of the things that greg always forced us to do which you would you would not expect this in a sports ministry class although most of you that have heard greg talk probably do expect this you know one of the things we were required to do was we had to start out each class in in greek you know we had to have a greek bible not a english translation we had to have the greek bible for the sports ministry courses and part of the reason why was because greg wants to actually become familiar with the original text mm. and he he shared the story of a conference that he was at where there was this older pastor that was up there preaching and he opened the Bible and he just kept stuttering over his words and kept going back to the beginning of the verse and starting over. And, and everybody was just like, oh, this old guy's lost it and all, all of that. And then when the session broke out, somebody went up to look and see. And it was not an interlinear Bible. It was a straight Greek text. He was translating it in his head. And it completely changed the entire atmosphere of what this old guy had just done because this old guy had come and he had delivered a message out of the original text that was that God had given him for this specific congregation. 
and the power behind it completely shifted. And that is one one area where when we talk about the digital stuff, you do sometimes tend to lose that because with digital stuff, we can, you know, Google Translate, we can do it right here. I can ask for Siri to do something and, you know, she'll translate it right there. Although mine's, <laughs> mine's a uh, guy from New Zealand, so I guess he can do it right there. But, you know, all of that kind of stuff kind of falls away a little bit from the relational aspect. Yeah. But it doesn't have to. It just can. Yes. So on that note, with relational aspects, we're going to have you relate to a couple of our sponsors real quick while we take a break. And then we'll be right back to dive into the rest of what we're dealing with here. Hi, this is the Ministry Misfit, Andrew Fouts. I'm also the Director of Digital Resources for CSRM and the producer of Overwhelming Victory Productions. And today we want to talk a little bit about Anchor FM. Part of our job here at Overwhelming Victory Radio is to provide ministries with easy and affordable ways to create their own media content, and one of these ways is Anchor FM. Anchor is a free one-stop studio with tools to allow you to create a custom podcast experience. They do everything from creation tools, distribution tools, and even marketing tools with ads such as this. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Righteousness is justice. Righteousness is peace. To be righteous is to be Christ-like. To seek righteousness is to seek God's plan for all of us. Diversity is found in righteousness. Unity is found in righteousness. Rest is found in righteousness. Righteousness is the goal. If we aim for righteousness, we have everything. Righteousness over everything. Righteousness over everything. Righteousness over everything. Righteousness over everything. But how? It's not easy. It's not simple. It's not quick. But it is possible. It sounds absurd. We are absurd. This is absurd. Absurd 2021. October 7th and 8th, Canton, Ohio. All right, welcome back. We are walking through Brandon's homework and doing it for him. Halfway done, great. That's right, yeah. He's he's checking all the... I'm watching as his screen keeps going, completed, completed, completed. So if his professor is listening, I should get some of his credits, I think. That's right. We'll give you a sticker. That's right. I, well, I mean, I'm the one that made the sticker. Well, no, I'm sorry. Swords for Turtles made the stickers, but I'm the one that ordered them and designed them. So I get, right. I get the credit there, too. Wow. I'm just racking up credits. I'd help with some of the cutting. <laughs> some. some, yeah. Some. I, we still got a lot to go before next Friday. That's right. Um, but we're walking through his homework. We've talked a little bit about the redemptive, the idea of is it redemptive or not from a biblical framework? Is it what's beneficial, what's not beneficial, what's that look like for a believer? And again, we're talking about spiritual health and like a digital world. Right. Yeah. And then the next step that we talked about was these idea of, you know, this almost these pauses and what it means for us from a physical and a spiritual aspect of finding time as far as this in compared to distractions and all that. And so now we're getting into the fun part. Well, the fun part for me. That's right. You're, you've been fired up about this I've been for ready for 12 this. hours. I've been, well, I've been ready for this for more than 12 hours because you <laughs> called me and like, what in the world are they talking about here? Because, you know, this is, this is one of those things where COVID has enlightened a lot of people into this. And it just like a lot of the other debates that happened in 2020 within the church, this has become an even bigger divider than it ever was before COVID. And it was already somewhat of a divider, and I'm, I've never really understood why. Yeah, so churches really had to 
and people in general were forced with making a decision and um, yeah, figuring out what they were going to do with technology in general. But why don't you give us the quick version of the history? If right. You can. So, so you know where we're at within this is he's they're wanting to talk now about some of the downfalls of technology and one of the things that we you know anybody that has been in the church over the past 20, 30 years knows is that technology and the church supposedly don't mix. You know, there are still churches out there, and shout out to you if you're listening, although if you're one of these, you probably have no idea what a podcast is. <laughs> there are still churches that keep their files on floppy disks, which for even some of as this makes us feel old, there are even some of our, our listeners that have no idea what a floppy disk even is because it's such an outdated technology. True. It's the For those that don't know, it's the little thing that's the save icon on most computers, although they've taken that off now of Microsoft. There so. is an emoji in your Apple Yeah, there, device, is, so. there is an if emoji. If you're looking yeah. for it, you can find that. You, you can find it. Just Google it. Um, digital. Um, all right, so, but, but historically, historically, that has not actually been the case. Historically, the church actually has been on the forefront and has embraced technological advances. You know, going back into, you know, some of the the things that we we know about Israel is that they learned, they, you know, they came out of the Ur region originally with Abraham and everything like that. That's where the center of writing began. You know, they spent their time learning in Egypt. Egypt is known for their chariots and their wheels and their storehouses and everything like that. They, they've always been ones that have embraced technology. But going beyond that into the New Testament, which is much more of where a lot of churches want to look at, rather than, you know, Israel may have done this, but they also did a bunch of other weird stuff. And so we don't care what they were doing. We care about what the New Testament church does. All right, then. You know. Why is it that Jesus comes? Why does God incarnate himself at this exact moment in history? You know, we read about this in Daniel. We see this through the other prophets. You know, we can, but it's very clear he comes at the exact moment where the entire world, use air quotes there, entire world, is connected by Caesar Augustus. In Rome, where all the power is held, but as Rome goes out and conquers, they build roads and they incorporate things into their culture. There's a universal language thanks to the Greeks. There's a universal travel system thanks to the Romans. And now everybody is allowed safe passage to and from the empire. Well, again, we'll use air quotes for safe. (laughs) You know, when when Herod comes after Jesus, how is it that... Joseph and Mary are able to flee to Egypt so quickly because there's a road system connecting it, and Egypt is part of the same empire that Israel is under, and so they are able to travel freely to and from as refugees. Going beyond that, the whole idea of the crucifixion, crucifixion was a war technology developed by the Romans. The whole reason we have the cross is due to technology. When Jesus... When, when, after Jesus ascends and we've got the, you know, the, um, we have Pentecost and then we have the, the mass persecution and everybody starts scattering. The reason everybody's able to scatter again is because of the road system and because of the language system. Oh, I skipped one. Going back to Jesus (laughs) using it, which is even some people that don't care about the New Testament church, they just want to do what Jesus did. Why is it that we always see Jesus out in the middle of a lake on a boat preaching to the crowd or at the top of a mountain preaching down to a crowd in the valley. It's because that was the modern day microphone. That is how people, that's how people address large crowds. Jesus was using the technology of his day to impact the people that were following after him. His disciples do the same thing with the roads, with the languages, with the writing systems. You know, as we progress throughout history, there's these four or five hundred year markers that we see where big things happen technologically. And at the same time, we see a major movement within the church. Printing press, first thing that comes out of it, scripture. The Bible is the first thing printed out on it, and now it's being mass produced. As we walk through, when we talk about all these great scientific minds, most of them had some sort of Christian cultural background whether they were christians or not that's we we can't judge that but the church 
was the ones that were commissioning the scientists for the most part. Granted, they also were persecuting the scientists half the time that were right, <laughs> but the church was fully invested into scientific discovery for the most part. As we keep moving through history, we see more and more of the church impacting technology up until the Cold War. And at the Cold War, what we start to see is a new movement within American Christianity, especially, or Western Christianity, but especially America. And what we see out of that is suddenly this mistrust of technology. Because technology is something that's associated now with the space race. It's associated with war. It's associated with all of these different things. And so now all of a sudden we want to completely separate ourselves out from technology because we've got to get back to a biblical scripture. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, this is the, the, the large evangelical movement, the fundamentalist movement that happened in the 50s and the 60s. This is why we had the hippies and everything else was they were rebelling against this movement of the church. And then when the computer comes around and nobody really knows knows what to do with it, we're not sure what's, what are these killer robots going to do to us, we again <laughs> condemn it. Then the internet comes around and, oh no, the world is now connected, but look at all these things that could happen with it. So we need to just condemn it right now because this potentially is the mark of the beast because it's just brought the whole world together. And what that has done has done the exact opposite of what they had hoped. And instead of the church embracing this and putting the message out there for the world to see, we pulled back. And in pulling back, we allowed space for all of this other nonsense to be able to be uploaded to it instead and take over. And I think that's kind of good how it comes full circle now where... Initially, we were talking about more spiritual health in a digital world, where I like how you give the full technology perspective because they were not in a digital world then. Right. This is, there's <laughs> nothing digital yeah. about boats so, in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> so the progress of that and where that kind of comes now, but again, it kind of talks about the fear of everything, of the unknown, of what's out there, and how that could be used for evil. And like we said, Anything can be used for good or evil. Right. A lot of it's our hearts and intention behind it. And, it's, and that's, the, that's the key behind it is where is our intention at? And that's why we saw with COVID, you know, one of the things that I was actually somewhat grateful for about the shutdowns was that it forced a lot of these churches to at least approach 1990. Yeah. You know, we still haven't even hit the 2000s, but at least we're kind of approaching, you know, the 90s a little bit. And I was going to say with that, too, you've got no names, please, but the kind of the prosperity gospel where, hey, just listen to my 10 CDs. Right. And you'll find out how all these riches given to you by God. Or the uh, the, the best one was, I, I can't remember who it was, the guy that decided he was going to blow away COVID through YouTube. I didn't see that one. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have to show you that on our, way to, on our way to lunch. But there were quite a few remixes that hit YouTube pretty quickly on that one. But yeah, you know, that that's what we saw was, you know, and, and to be fair, this is also part of why the church has always condemned TV and the internet is that we have had a lot of tele-evangelists mm-hmm. that were not evangelists. Yeah. You know, the some of the only big name tele-evangelists that I would actually say were evangelists that you could actually claim to fully be evangelists would really be Billy Graham. Yeah. And he was not very technologically advanced. He just found people that were. So, you know, that there is some justifiable fear here. But it doesn't mean that we have to completely count it out as we can never get involved with this. Yeah. And what we saw within COVID was suddenly churches that thought they were going to be shut down or that there was not going to be any chance of them surviving COVID they thrived in the midst of it because all of a sudden people that are too afraid to walk into your front door are now tuning in on Facebook and YouTube in the middle of a global pandemic because what they are longing for is something to be hopeful about. And now all of a sudden hope is coming to them in their homes through YouTube and through Facebook. So where does this kind of lead us then in terms of where you guys are at within your study? Um, well, kind of where I'm at now is still at the reflection stage, but 
<laughs> so maybe we'll, we'll wrap that up later. But I wanted to say something else too from before. One habit that I found was helpful, like you said, with all the distractions going on here, one thing that worked out better for me was just simply going on a walk and spending quiet time with God, where I still might have my phone on me, but I could not sit in silence always. But so to be walking and doing something while still praying and communicating with God was a way that I could at least find my own uh, ways around everything, at least. Right. Instead of just and sitting there, uh, so, uh, what, what, what's my brain thinking? <laughs> that's That in itself could be a whole episode. What is Brandon's brain thinking? That's right. It's thinking it's lunchtime. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. There is there is one more aspect that we want to cover real quick, and that's actually where we were getting to within your study, where we got to where we're at currently in this not post-COVID world, but we're kind of entering the new world with COVID. Churches are starting to come back. What do we do now with all this digital ministry that we just invested all in? And this should be, well, I would say should be, an easy discussion, but unfortunately it's it's not. And a lot of it is what you guys are talking about in here as far as the dangers of digital media and all these other things historically. Churches do not cut out your digital congregation just because your congregation physically is able to return back. Yeah. Now the tough part is it does take more resources to do all this, which... I'll say for, I guess, some of the older established churches might not have somebody that's technologically sound right. to adapt or, um, we'll say, connect in a digital world a lot of times. But like you said, it hopefully it shouldn't have just been a small stint right. if you were using it, that it should continue forward because uh, very similar to the power of the Bible, sometimes people also have that perception of a church building where they walk in and they're going to light up in flames, which is not true. <laughs> so I think it does cut down on some of that fear, too, and unfortunately more of a available anywhere, good and bad. Right, and, th <laughs> and this is what, if you are one of those churches that are like, well, you know, Facebook was good for a time, but we don't have the resources, we don't have technology, and we don't need it anymore because now people are back. Contact us, we will help you. I can help you find somebody to do this. I can train you how to do this. You know, if you're looking for, well, we can't even afford to get training through CSRM, come to CSRM. We've got the Small Church Initiative going right now. We can help you with these sort of things. We can help you in the digital ministry. We can help you in your outreach ministries. We can help you do this. But do not cut off an entire group of people that have come to look at your church as their home and look at you as their pastor, regardless of if you've ever shook their hand or not. You know, one of the, the things that was so weird for me when we were up in Cleveland was that I had more people in the community that referred to me as their pastor hmm. than people that actually came in on Sunday. Because, the, because we took the time to be intentional with the people that were online. Because the people that are online are just as important as the people that are coming into your building. Yeah, and I think we could have a whole podcast discussion about that to episode of uh, discipleship which we will be we already have a guest even lined up for the this a cup for two parts of this uh brad winner who we talked to at reach he was on two weeks ago no three weeks two weeks ago yeah two, two weeks, weeks ago i can't remember it's it, yeah two weeks ago when brad Winner was on when we were at reach we talked about you know he wants to come on we're going to talk at some point um, the difference between ministry and business within the church, as well as the difference between mission and discipleship, and really what that whole evangelistic disciple-making aspect looks like. You know, Dr. Linville has talked with us a little bit about it from a theological standpoint, but now Brad wants to come in and talk with us about it from a actual boots-on-the-ground perspective as well. So, Stay tuned for all of that. Stay tuned throughout the rest of this year as we help Brandon hopefully not flunk out of his audited course. Um, Thanks, everyone, for helping me get an A today. That's right. You're you're about, well, well so far you're only at a C because you only got 75% of the check marks. That's true. So you, you've got a little bit of work to do on your own, <laughs> but, you know, we can't give you all the answers. So for those of you that uh, want to support Ministry Misfits, what we're doing, um, you can do that in a number of ways. One of them is just simply sharing. One of them it would be in reviewing the podcast. Um, you can also financially support us by going to anchor.fm backslash support. 
backslash ministry misfits or is it misfits support no you're right it's yeah first one one. you know the drill go to anchor.fm you can click on the support tab and there we are um if you want to support us another way you can go to buymeacoffee.com backslash ministry misfits um there's a couple of different options there for monthly support um once we start getting a, a good idea of what's going on there then we may start making some different levels and things like that but for now just you can support us that way if you want to do it for a tax credit you still can go to csrm.org backslash donate um, click on the donate tab from there and then you will be taken to the page where you can select andrew fats in the drop down menu and that money not only goes to support what we're doing here with the ministry misfits but the entire csrm vision and mission as a whole um, assuming that we got the website back up digital ministry you under know construction yes we're under construction um our office administrator shout out to kat linhart um she and i have been working on upgrading the csrm website and we finally think we're done and finally submitted it to weebly to fix and so now we're in the waiting stages to see if they're actually going to put it up like they're supposed to so um if it's not up yet weebly please put our website up so yeah all right that was a good discussion it was good homework post yeah you ready for lunch i'm ready all right those and there's another thing if you guys want to find out more about the csrm roundtables if there's any in your area you can go to csrm.org but for the rest of you we will see you next week at the absurd conference have fun Ministry Misfits podcast is a production of Overwhelming Victory Flicks, Overwhelming Victory Radio, and Ministry Misfits Media. Dr. Greg Linville and Andrew Fouts are our executive producers, and Brandon Simmons is associate producer. Our music is provided by Morning Light Music and is titled Rain. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at ministrymisfitmedia at gmail.com or by following at ministrymisfit on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can support Ministry Misfits at anchor.fm forward slash Ministry Misfits or for FO1C3 credit by going to csrm.org forward slash donate and selecting Andrew Fouts in the campaign menu. To learn more about Overwhelming Victory or to listen to our sister podcast, visit overwhelmingvictory.org.